0: Are you there? You looking for Adam? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay, hello, Adam. I do not know. I I, j- I just knew there was somebody on the phone, and he handed me the piece of paper, and he said, "This station is running on all solar power." Yes, we are. Well, tell us all about that now. First off, let me ask you, where are you located?
1: Okay, we're located in Glenview, Illinois. Okay, which is basically just uh, outside of Chicago, and. uh... A good friend of ours, Steve, has a, uh, an all-natural house, including some phenomenal solar panels. And uh, we decided uh, to just run the entire thing, the entire event solar. Even though there's not a real classification for it, we thought it was a great way to go for field day.
0: Well, my goodness, if you can do that, it sounds to me like we have a ray of hope. Absolutely. Well, see, I, that's a sick pun. I'm sorry, but anyways, <laughs> the, the name the name of your your group or club is what now?
1: We're we're really not a, a club or a group. We're just a, a group of uh, friends and family that are all joined together through amateur radio.
0: I see. Well, how, how does this work now? Go, go ahead. Uh, Dr. Barrett wanted to ask a question.
2: Well, I I wanted to go technical here and find out. You know, he's he's is he recharging batteries? I mean, has he got the gel pack batteries? Uh, uh, tell us a little bit. A lot of folks don't know anything about solar. Our listeners, they're they're used to generators or they're used to commercial power, or running you know car batteries uh, uh, with the uh, I guess the jumper cables. So tell tell us what what this typical uh, or at least the solar uh, setup you got. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Would you mind if I hand the phone over to the homeowner?
2: That'd be great.
1: Sure,
2: hold on a second. This is Steve. Hello, uh, this is Steve. How can I help you? Hey, Steve. This is the Doctor Barrett with Transworld Antennas and and Ted, the uh, uh, Ted, the Randall, the host of uh, the QSO show, and we we're excited about your solar setup there, and, and a lot of our listeners don't really understand uh, the solar and how the powers the uh, the radios you've got there. Give us, give us a rundown on it, but, but don't get too technical, just to lead us along gently.
3: All right, I'll, I'll do what I can. I figure you guys understand watts. So um, at the high point of the day, uh, the system is generating about uh, 2,300 watts. That's a lot. Um, over the course of the day, uh, a day like today, we generated about 16 kilowatt hours, 16,000 kilowatt hours. Wow. Um, and uh, last year, we measured the the equipment we used, including the computers, used about two point three kilowatt hours to run a two station system and the computers.
0: Well, I, I'd like to know, and, and and Dr. Barrett, you know the questions to ask, but you know, how many solar panels does it take, and what kind of panels are they, and and how you know how they differ from. Other solar panels and all that kind of stuff.
2: I mean, you're you're running uh, photovoltaics. I, I guess the question is: here is where a lot of us are um, to run a a five or a ten watt radio uh, is not too tough because the amp draw is 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 not going to deplete your panels particularly if you're going to, if you're running into some type of storage system. But everybody wants to run a hundred watt radios, so so tell us if you guys were running uh, low power radios or uh, five watts, hundred watts, and and, and kind of how your amp draw was on on your system.
3: Well, now that that's more a question for Adam. <laughs> Again, uh, how, how powerful were the radios last year? The most powerful. Okay, just a uh, hundred watts of output
2: per radio. Very good.
3: So I mean, yeah, that was. That was nothing, and uh, again, I, you know we can we can handle way more now um, i now I have a second inverter I have one inverter which uh, handles the handles the voltage coming off of the solar panels, and then I have a second one that routes it to the electric circuits in the house or to the battery. um and again, with the uh, battery storage of eleven thousand kilowatt hours. Um, I can, you know, I can easily run several nights with uh, without any depletion. And during the daytime, we more than replenish the batteries on a reasonably sunny day.
2: Now, so, how many how many panels do, do you have, and what are the the physical size of the panels? Are they like four by eight, or are they smaller panels?
3: Um, the panels are actually fairly small. They're made by Sharp, and they're probably some of the better looking panels out there. Uh, they come in three sizes: a so left, a uh, right, triangles, and then a square piece. So you can put them together to conform to the shape of just about any roof. Yeah, you know, that way you don't have a big, ugly rectangle on your roof line. Um, this thing actually triangles up my roof.
2: Ted, I'm I'm impressed. I've, uh, he's got a system that that will really run a, a full power rig and. He's, uh, you know, got some panels that are uh, a manageable size. I, I, I like this setup. If I was a good housekeeping magazine, I'd have to give him the seal of approval.
0: Well, how long, for example, now, When you, you you're, are you using any batteries? You have to use battery storage of some sort. I'm, I'm oh,
3: yeah we, yeah, we are using battery storage. There are four 48-volt uh, large batteries, which, as I was saying, can provide 11,000 kilowatt hours of backup power.
0: Well, of course, I am solar ignorant, so I'll, I'll ask, I will ask the wrong question. I will ask the stupidest question. So, um, so But with the, with the batteries on there and, and you're running the radios, um, can you run other things in the home off of that as well, or, or does, are the radios about it?
3: Oh, no, no, no. Again, the radios are using very, very little of the battery's capacity. They're actually also powering two refrigerators, two sump pumps, the garage door opener, and uh, all the power outlets in the master bedroom, so, and all the uh, lights in all the bathrooms.
0: So, so what happens if you get three or four cloudy days in a row?
3: Even on a cloudy day, um, uh, you're, you're probably going to generate about uh, six kilowatt hours. So um, as long as it's not raining, as long as the sump pumps are not running heavily, and as long as you trim yourself down to one refrigerator,
2: everything should still stay operational. That's that's, that's just amazing. It really is. Now, now, Steve, give us give us the hard number. We're going to get nosy here. The setup you have is is not cheap. In other words, you, you're not going to take a couple hundred dollars and go down and, and duplicate your setup. Do, do you no, mind sir. telling us in a range? We're not trying to get too nosy, but but in a range, what? What would your, your, now this is a big solar setup too. This is, this is not uh, a tiny situation. I mean, it's a good solid uh, watt producing uh, situation. What, what would this cost to duplicate roughly? Will you tell us? Uh,
3: I would say, and it's, it's probably less today. Um, so I would say that you could probably put something like this together for about $40,000. Now, most of the expense of this equipment, is not really the solar panels. The expense is going to be the inverters that, uh, that handle the routing of the power. Um, and if I had a bigger roof line facing south, I could, get, I could generate a lot more power. The, the right thing to do and the best time to use solar is if the long side of your property is facing south.
2: And if, um, if you were... If you have a
3: lot of roof lines facing south... Then it makes a lot more sense to do. Um, I have a couple of regrets in having done it, but you know it's it's still an interesting technology, and uh, you know it's something I'm looking forward to. At some point, when my community allows it, I also want to put up a wind turbine.
2: Well, you will almost be uh, uh, your own energy at that point. You will you will be putting electricity back on the grid. Uh,
3: in the spring and the fall, I already do. Uh, in the summer, I'm using uh, too much electricity for air conditioning, and in the winter, there's usually not enough sunny days.
2: Now you are a little bit disadvantaged geographically because you're 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 significantly far north. To uh, uh, I mean, to get everything you, you you could get out of your system, if you were say down in uh, uh, South Georgia or South Alabama or anywhere uh, into the Southwest, you would. Uh, you would you with the system you've got, you, you would be closer to being uh, being totally uh, energy independent, wouldn't you?
3: Oh, absolutely! And I'm surprised more people in the South aren't doing this. Um, uh, I've actually done some research, and I think that the best place in the country to use this system is actually around uh, Colorado, say in the Denver area. Um, they get over 300 sunny days each year are at a higher, higher altitude and a cooler temperature. Um, the only detriment that the south has is these panels are more efficient at cooler temperatures.
2: I said, as, as the sunlight hits them, the, uh, the, the part of the, the light spectrum that creates the heat also puts heat into the panel and makes it less efficient. So, Absolutely. As you go into Colorado where it, it's cooler... And and you don't have the the heat factor with it. You get the sun without the heat. Uh, you could be fairly efficient, couldn't you?
3: Well, right, and also since you're about a mile up, you're actually getting stronger sun at a higher elevation, even though it's cooler.
2: Ted, he's got uh, he he's close to the holy grail here on this solar. He's he's got <laughs> a good setup. That's as good as I've ever heard. That's uh, that's really incredible. Well, thank
3: you very much. If you're ever in the East Chicago area, you're welcome to come by and see us.
0: Well, we we might take you up on that at some right. point in time. If I you ever see some, like
3: you talk to Adam again?
0: If you, if you ever see some real ugly people approaching your door, you don't know. It may be the guys from, from QSO.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, shout out or I'll call the cops. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> All righty. I guess, yeah, go ahead and put uh, put Adam back on.
3: Will do. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
0: I got to
2: have me one of those. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, we, I want to. I just want to say thank you for for calling us up. And and what uh, I don't know if I ask you this, but what bands have you been operating, and what kind of luck have you had on the bands today?
1: Uh, well, we've primarily uh, been on twenty and forty phone and CW. Uh, twenty PSK has been incredibly active. Uh, fifteen even opened up. We've had a little bit of luck on uh, fifteen phone and CW. 10 has been dead. Um, We've had no luck chasing satellites so far. The passes have all been pretty low. But uh, we're still hammering away at it.
0: Well, I was going to say, though, we've had some activity here on 10, have we not, in Tennessee?
2: 10's been open, uh, uh, short and long, Ted. 15's been open here. 40 was open. Um, We've had real good propagation today. I mean, it's, it's been one of the better field days in the last two or three years that's true
1: that's very true and uh we just had one small storm go through a little while ago and it really didn't have much of an effect on us this time
0: well so sir i want kind of I...
1: devastating up in this area
0: <laughs> well I, I know what those thunderstorms are like is we've had a number of them here i want i want to thank you so much for joining us we've enjoyed hearing your story about the solar power I'm sure other people that are listening uh, to this have, have really enjoyed hearing it. And you probably have provided some inspiration to some folks to, you know, really research this solar thing and get into it. Because I think, that obviously, it's uh, it, it's worth the investment, especially over the long haul.
2: Let me ask him this, what, and he may not know, what does, uh, does electricity go for up in the Chicago area commercial? Is it like uh, 10 or 11 cents a, a kilowatt up there, or do you know? Oh
1: gosh,
2: I, offhand I don't. I'm I'm betting you, Ted. It's it's up in the double digits. It's uh, it's six to eight in the south and that far north. Uh, so he's really getting some some benefit from his solar on his energy savings. I
0: wonder how Absolutely. many solar panels it would take to power a shortwave radio transmitter.
2: we mm. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to have a farm, I think.
0: <laughs> but you know, it'd be it'd be worth it because. The electric bills on shortwave are un- unbelievable. You know, it's like uh, four or five times that of a of a transmitter, an FM transmitter uh, in a city. So it'll probably be worth doing. Well, thank you so much and look forward to talking to you again sometime soon.
1: Absolutely. We appreciate it.
0: Right. We, we are dealing with with uh, Field Day 2009. And we are at uh, Transworld Antennas Headquarters and uh, we are in Cookville Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, actually is where we're at, and uh, we're deep in the Tennessee Hills, where the um, the uh, the generators that we have running today are, are running off of uh, the uh, distillation product of uh, of sour mash from the the the, the hills of Tennessee.
2: You, do you think people believe that? You think? I mean, well, I'm I'm sitting here looking at a uh, at a quart mason jar uh, with a white lid on it, and it says ted's punch and it's full of some pungent clear liquid now i've been told it's uh i've been told it's moonshine i've been told it's cumberland river water i've i don't really know what it is and i'm not going to take the lid off to find out it's generator fuel generator fuel yes that's exactly what it is <laughs> well nobody's taking a chance on drinking any of it oh no
0: <laughs> okay we have um we have John on the phone. Hello, John. Yes. How are you doing this evening?
4: Very good, and you?
0: Oh, we're doing, doing real good on this field day. Now, the call, W7ASC, is that, uh, is that your call or you the club call?
4: Uh, that's uh, our Amateur Radio uh, Center for Amateur Radio Learning, which is housed in the Arizona Science Center, thus the ASC. So it's the Whiskey 7 office, the Air Charlie.
0: Arizona Science Center, and now the is the what, what is the club name?
4: Uh, it's called the Center for Amateur Radio Learning.
0: Center for Amateur Radio Learning. Okay, I'm writing this down for, um, <clears throat> and the reason why is because we have a drawing coming up, which somebody's going to win a TW twenty ten backpacker, along with a quadra stand and the, uh, the carry bag, and this this antenna goes together in about. Two minutes, and it's a very high-performance stealth antenna that uh, you'd love running on Field Day. Well, tell me about your Field Day operation. How's it? How is that going? And how are you folks set up? And and what luck have you had on the bands today?
4: Okay. Well, we always do all the special uh, events. Uh, we're, like I said, housed in the Arizona Science Center. We've been with them for 13 years. We have two HF stations, two VHF-UHF stations. We do uh, ATV. Uh, we also do PSK and 31 and the other digital modes, and uh, IRLP and uh, satellite and uh, also Echolink. Uh Today we only had about six contacts, a couple of simplexes, and then we also talked about like Canada and Iowa and Vermont and other places around the country. Uh, mostly we got the kids on the radio through repeaters, so that doesn't count for field day score, but we're more interested in getting kids on the air and getting them introduced to amateur radio. We usually entice them in by giving them having them do their name and uh, Morris code. We give them a little sheet of paper and we have Morris keys set up there where they can uh, work on it. And uh, so, really busy. We had 30 kids on the air today.
0: 30 kids. My goodness. Well, how large is your group? How many members do you have in this in this group?
4: Well, uh, there's about 80 individuals from a bunch of different clubs all over the Phoenix Arizona metro area. And like I said, we were been with the Science Center thirteen years. We started with them though a little bit before they were in this new building. And they just moved us up to the third floor into the digital area. We used to be on the second floor when they had a, a networking area. And uh so uh it takes and draws from clubs. We usually try to have two shifts a day, uh 9 to 5, uh, we're on our summer hours, though, 10 to 3, although for field day we stayed till 5 o'clock, but they close up at that time, and um, we had four people on the shift today. Um,
0: back to you. <laughs> well, it, it sounds to me, I mean, any anybody that puts 30 kids on the air during field day, that, that is an accomplishment, you know, that's the... That, that's amazing. It really is. Go ahead, uh, Dr. I was
2: wondering if, if they had any good eats there today or uh, what. The, you know, we always ask everybody what they ate on field. day. A lot of these guys are got the grill set up and they're cooking stew and they're grilling burgers or having barbecue. Do you guys get anything good to eat today?
4: Uh, uh, well, of course, uh, we're uh, set up in a, a, a facility and we have restaurants and stuff around. So, uh, of course, they had donuts for everybody and things like that. And uh, we also make a point to be in contact with all of our different groups that are out in the woods and things. For example, we were talking with people that were set up with their grills and things uh, in uh, central Arizona at 7,000 feet in the woods and uh, on what we call the Own Rim and people in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is about oh, 40 miles south of the Grand Canyon and all around the state.
2: What was the? What, you guys were in indoors, but what is? What was the heat there in in your area? I imagine it's pretty warm today, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it was a little bit. Uh, last time I looked at the deal, at uh, the temperature when we were talking to individuals, it was uh, over 105. That's why we were inside, and not outside, and then that's why the other groups were up in the mountains where it was, you know, like 75. Oh boy.
2: Well, don't don't tell me it was a dry heat, because if you do, I'll tell you, so's an oven. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, it is compared to Iowa or someplace like that.
2: Right. We, we're about, uh, I guess we were around 90 today, weren't we, Ted? Uh, it was warm today. It, it really 90s. was. And, uh, of course, we carry about a 90% humidity here, so that that's pretty rough, too. Um, what what do you see you guys work with a lot of young people, and that's, that's your, uh, I'd say, your your mission. Do you see a, a, a more interest, less interest, the same interest? Is there any trend that you could share with us on, on what you see there at the Science Center with respect to interest in amateur radio from younger folks?
4: Like I said, we get a good interest. uh uh, in them we 've had as many as sixty five on the air, but there wasn 't a field day it just when one of the school groups came through uh It was important enough to the science center when they redesigned floors and stuff that they made sure we were included and uh because they feel we're very important uh, again, they seem very interested, and being on the digital floor we 're running the r- some of the radios by computer. And we're also showing them some of the, like the Echo Link, where you can run a computer remotely and don't have to have a radio or don't have to worry about antennas and things like that. So... uh we're seeing a great interest. Uh, we're always a get-on-the-air type of station. And we also make up CDs for uh, teachers when the groups come through that they can take back with all the videos and things. Uh, of course, we have Cronkite's video and a bunch of other different videos. Today, we had on our large screen 42-incher, we were playing field day videos from years past and the current field day ad and that sort of thing. And then on two of the computers, we were running the queue, uh PowerPoint slideshow of the cards we'd gotten, and can talk to the kids about those and what they meant, and also ham bios, uh, including um, um, you know Cronkite and Barry Goldwater and different people, including two four-year-olds that had gotten their license. What wow. you?
2: Well, let, let me say this: there's there's clubs we have uh, we have been stacked up seven and eight day all day today of clubs that are calling in, and other clubs that. Are listening, Uh, they've emailed us and told us they were listening. Ted uh, even got emails before the show went on today, yesterday. Just in like uh, 30 seconds, if a club is out there uh, wanting to involve more young people, wanting to uh, encourage them to get a license and be active in in the hobby, give us the the 30 second version of, of what you think somebody that's not associated with the Science Center but it's just a normal club out here in in, in a in a, a county seat type town, uh, maybe twenty thirty thousand people somewhere in the U.S. Uh, what would you uh, recommend that they do to try to get the young people more involved in amateur radio?
4: Well, first, uh, get involved with any schools in your area, and. Uh, get a teacher that's friendly to you and uh and then be able to bring in uh you know even your handheld and be able to show the kids how it works and uh maybe just a brief introductory lesson to the amateur radio also things like fourth of july and that where towns have parades and things uh get involved with their parade helping out at the ham club but also have a booth or something that uh at the picnic and things that uh you can uh, do something to interest the kids. We were handing out rubber ducks today to anybody that was on the air and a special certificate, although we hand out certificates all the time. And like I said, we do do the CW and hand them the certificate with their name on it. And I usually uh, sign it, put my call sign on it, put the date on it, and kind of just, you know, they really like having things in their hands to take away.
2: Very good. Ted, I think that's some really good practical advice this is you
0: know this sounds like to me one of the most outstanding amateur radio organizations that we've talked to all day long
2: it really does you guys should should get your story uh, and you may have in the past but get it up to the guys at the league maybe get something in in qst because this tell you, this really is this this may be the we've talked to a lot of fun folks about fun things today you know we talk alaska and hawaii we talked to the the club down in Texas, the the naturalist, but uh, uh, this is a good one, Ted. You you got a winner here with these folks, and they really need some recognition and, and uh, give some. You know, they can be benefit to to other ham clubs too.
0: Absolutely. As has have you gotten any attention though uh, from your activities through the ARL? Have they publicized any of the things that you're doing?
4: Well, if you go to my regular call sign, KC7KML, Google it, you'll come up with an article about some scouts that I talked to through the Science Center a number of years ago, the QST published. ARL is donated to our station. We also, because of our station, uh, finally got uh, the Harkins family, who runs the Harkins Theater chain, largest independent uh, family chain of theaters, whose dad... Red Harkins was a ham, to uh, make a big donation. So we're now the Red Harkins Ham Shack. And uh, so uh, anything else?
0: Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think what you do, um, you know, you, you need to be able to bottle it and, uh, and give it away. Right. You know, in other words, what I'm saying is, you know, they need to use you folks as, a, as a, an example of what can be done to encourage other people to do the same thing, I, I had an interview with uh, uh, Butch Smith out of Nashville who runs a volunteer examination uh, 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 situation, or he's involved in it, I guess I want to say, but he's one of the one of the head fellows. And as soon as we aired this show, and he talked about what it was like running a VEC team out of Nashville, and they test regularly, have the pretty good sized crowds that shows up, um, immediately we got emails, and we had other clubs and individuals around the country who wanted to start a VE testing team based on what they heard butch say so you folks may do the same thing you may be able to inspire a lot of other people to get involved doing the kinds of things that you're doing of course it takes commitment it takes work and uh, um you know that is not necessarily easy to come by but obviously you have the committed people inside your organization that can do this and are willing to pull it off and um it's just most impressive i really thank you for joining us on the air and uh, got your club down hopefully maybe you'll be the ones that'll that'll win the the Transworld Antenna 2010 L backpacker and um maybe that
4: Well we we'd probably like somebody else to win it. We just want to get the word out and uh, we always are in contact with museums and things. If you people want to know more about our operation and and what we do, they can go to www dot whiskey seven office Sierra Charlie dot org. That's whiskey 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 dot whiskey seven office Sierra Charlie dot org. We also work with the VE teams in our area. There's a testing at least once a week in the Valley of the Sun, and we also have people in our organization that work with clubs to make sure classes are given. And we're going to have starting on July 25th a general class right there at the Science Center. Back to you.
0: Very very good. Well, thank you much for joining us, sir. We've uh, we've really a- enjoyed having you on. Your 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 story is quite inspiring to all of us. I will say that you have a good field day or the, a good rest of field day. Thank you, and
2: seventy three to you
0: all. Seven three. Well, there you go. That's an outstanding group. <laughs> These guys uh, really have it together. But you know, it's a lot of work doing that. A lot of work. It doesn't get done on its own, and. uh it takes people, you know, that are committed to it, and that are going to actually do what they say they're going to do, right. to pull it off. And of course, when they do, of course, it's a, thats when it becomes a wonderful. I have like thirty kids on the air today. That's, wow. that's, that's very good. <laughs> very, very good. You know, and uh, 2009
2: Field Day. We're kind of winding it up. Matt's got on his uh, dark glasses there. I think he's uh, catnapping behind our backs, Ted. I think that's what's going
0: on. I really, yeah. I really believe that. I don't know. Megan just went and got the, a plate of food for me, and I've been kind of munching on that, and now I'm starting to get sleepy. So, Uh-oh. What are we going to do? Oh, boy. We have on the telephone with us, we have George. Hello, George.
5: Hey, how you doing?
0: Pretty good. And uh, How is field day going for you today?
5: Man, field day's going fantastic. We got a bunch of people here. We're camped out in a, on the side of the road in a cow pasture and it's just a beautiful night.
0: And where are you located?
5: Where are we located? We are located in, uh, Pasco County, Florida. It's in, uh, west central Florida. We're running a 2A two, two station and, uh, let's see, we're with the, uh, Gulf Coast ARC. Uh, for anybody out there, that's Gulf Coast. ARC dot org if you want to look us up.
0: Gulf Coast ARC and gulfcoastarc.org ARC.org. How many people are in your organization?
5: Uh in the club itself, we have about sixty members. And uh uh it's been tapering off a little bit due to the uh the economy, of course. And uh Right now, out here at at the field day site, we probably got uh, almost a dozen people. Uh, at least half that'll stay through the night and uh, and work the radios.
2: Have you had any any luck with your uh, propagation? You made a lot of contacts, or how'd that go today? Uh,
5: right now, uh, we're getting things pretty much straight up the coast. Uh, uh, most of the southern states and uh you know uh, uh new jersey up, up that way uh we haven't really hit too many out west uh at the moment we are going to turn our antennas later uh but we're having a good time out here
2: now did, did you guys uh did you bring you pack your food with you or have a picnic or cook something or what'd you do about eating today
5: absolutely we had we had the gas grill going with our with our in-house uh, volunteer firemen uh, working the grill, uh, burgers and hot dogs and and all the good stuff here.
2: Outstanding. Now, d- is the club that you're talking about? Uh, is it a general a general interest club, or does it uh, does it have a particular uh, mission? Does it does it do uh, classes and VE testing? What what does the club do when it's not doing field day?
5: Man, we are so active, we don't have enough people to get the things done. Alright. We've got, we've got, we've got VE sessions, we've got training sessions, uh, classes for, for learning, learning the, the, the material for the test. We have, uh, we have project nights, we have meetings once a, once a month, we have, uh, of course, nets, uh, once a week, uh, kids, Boy Scouts, we had, uh, we got a Boy Scout here tonight. Got on the air for the first time, absolutely loved it. We had people stopping by on the side of the road. Uh, the club is fully financed by its members. Uh, we have communications trailer, uh, with the radios and everything inside. We have a, a tower trailer for the antennas. We have, uh, we're one of the few clubs, I would think, that actually owns their own clubhouse. Uh, Everything's, you know, owned by the club. With you know, no, no outside, uh, no government funding or anything like that.
2: Wow, you guys have have done it right now. You you mentioned Pasco County, and I have a general idea of where you are. A lot of our listeners may not know the Florida counties. You're somewhere over, up and down the the, the Tampa coast. But uh, where is Pasco County? What what city is that close to? Okay, uh,
5: let's see. Uh, you know where Tampa Bay is? Tampa. Yes, sir. Uh, we are. We are basically Pasco County is is northwest. Uh, the 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 little thumb on the oven mid of Florida is Pinellas County, and Pasco's just north of that.
2: Okay, so you're you're there in in the greater Tampa area. I mean, that's the big city that would be be closest to where you are.
5: Yes, sir. We have we have members from Pinellas County and Pasco County. Uh, and also we have, uh, we have two, two repeaters up and running. One is at the, uh, government center of Pasco County, which, uh, also serves as, uh, part of their EOC, uh, implement- implementation, uh, you know, should, should it need arise. rise.
2: Now, now most of us think that Florida is, is a retirement area, and certainly it is. But with respect to to your club membership, the sixty folks that uh, you know give or take a few as they come in and go out, wh- what's the the kind of the age, the general age range of the folks in your club?
5: Yeah, a uh, lot of retirees. A
2: mm-hmm.
5: lot of retirees. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But uh, yeah, we're working. Like I said, we're working on getting we're getting more kids uh more young people involved. Uh like I said, we're we're working on the Boy Scouts and uh and civil air patrol and and uh ROTC, that sort of stuff. Uh get the kids involved, get them uh you know, to come out, check it out, try it out. We had a young man show up here tonight, nine years old, got on the air, made probably a dozen contacts and uh little guy sacked out right now but I'm sure he'll be back up Again, in a little while, uh, back on the air.
2: Oh well, well, I guess my point was, you guys are—it's are, not just a, a bunch of twenty-year-olds and thirty-year-olds. You, you've got the older guys like like myself and Ted that are able to accomplish all these things. So, really, the, the age has not been a deterrent to you guys being successful.
5: No, sir. Uh, in fact, the the age works to our advantage. Uh, uh, they they have the knowledge. There is no denying that they have the knowledge, they have the experience, and uh, I, for one, am you know thankful for that. Uh, uh, other people, such as myself, you know, you you get involved and you got questions. These are the people to go to. That, that was one of the main reasons I ever joined the, up with this club in the first place, the Gulf Coast Amateur Radio Club. Uh, they, uh, you know, they got a lot of experience. They know they know how to explain it to you. And how to how to uh, you know help you out? Now they, you, they, they know what they're doing.
2: Do y'all have a web page or uh, any contact information? And the reason I ask that is there are a lot of shortwave listeners that listen to our program that aren't hams. And from time to time, we get emails Ted does from folks that uh, get excited and want to uh, become hams and uh, ask about it. So if if there happened to be someone listening there either on a, you know on the streaming part of the show or the short wave part or uh the podcast that that they download how could they get in touch with the, the with the Gulf Coast Club
5: Yes sir absolutely uh we have a website we have our own web page uh uh it is golfcoastarc.org golfcoastarc.org uh has links to everything everything about the club all the information uh we do have once again uh, two repeaters. at least one of them is hooked up with echo link the echo link node will be on the on the website uh Tuesday night net so if anybody wants to check in on the echo link please do we would love to have you uh, yeah we're we're here and if, if anybody's coming this way feel free to stop in or you know if if you retire to this area, you
2: got a club to come to. Very good, Ted. These guys have uh, they've done some impressive things. They are certainly on the ball. They've got their own clubhouse. They've got uh the tower truck. I mean, they they are on the ball, staying busy and uh, I just I just wish uh, our local club was like that.
0: Oh, it would be nice if, if many local clubs were were like that. Certainly. And uh, well, uh, you know, uh, George, I, I want to thank you so much for uh, for for joining us on QSO for Field Day Live, and um, the name of your your organization, the Gulf Coast ARC, is uh, is being placed in the hat, <laughs> and you folks may be the winner of the antenna. So, uh,
1: all right,
5: I I do appreciate that, and uh, once again, you know, we're 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 trying as much as we can to get more kids more more young people involved and uh you know uh, like I, like i said before you know we, we got a nine-year-old boy scout out here and he was absolutely loving it. he's he's already made it through the uh first chapter and then some of the uh technician course uh so he's he's going to be taking his test i believe here you know next month or so and uh we'll see if we can't get him uh, licensed up you know
2: Excellent well listen George we appreciate you calling in uh we are uh, Ted has meticulously written the information down to go in the the box over here for the drawing and uh, we're not far away from that but we appreciate you calling in sharing everything with us and uh, we we fo- we look forward to uh to uh, having you as a regular uh, listening to queso and uh, the the good Lord willing we're going to do this again next year sir.
5: All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate
2: it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you much.
0: Well, 2009 field day. We're, we're getting up toward the, the end, and I uh, I just talked to, to Jennifer from WBCQ, and she thought we were going to be on the air till 1 a.m., which uh, is another way. <laughs> 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 we still have more folks to... Uh, to to bring on that are that have that have called in and are waiting to get on the well, air. When so.
2: are we go- when are we going off?
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. Now she said one o'clock. Now does she does she mean one o'clock my time, or does she <laughs> does she I, mean I, one th- o'clock their time?
2: I think it's one o'clock their time. It's midnight our time. Oh, okay. That means we've got another hour to. We go have there. another. hour. we can play Surfing Bird again and <laughs> wake everybody up after you take these calls.
0: It's absolutely.
2: If you guys want to hear Surfing Birds, you send Ted emails and call in requests. Yeah, if you It'll want to hear,
0: it... yeah, if you want to hear Surfing Bird, go to the, go to the website. Uh, actually, you can email me direct. I can give you the direct email address. There you go. And that's just Ted Randall. T-E-D-R-A-N. D R A. I can't even spell my name. Ted Randall. T E D R A N D A L L. It's D A L L. Uh, Ted Randall at TedRandall.com. It's just very simple. TedRandall Randall at TedRandall.com. com. I always send them to the web page because it's easy, a little easier to operate that uh, that web form, you know, than it is sometimes remembering an email address. But you can go to TedRandall.com and, and hit the the contact Ted button and send it that way, and it'll get here just the same, one way or the other. Give but if you,
2: give the call in number. We may have some folks that don't know that. If you would,
0: okay, call in number is six one five four six nine. O seven O two that's six one five four six nine O seven O two that is the call in number and uh, we uh, we invite you to call and report it's yes it's late but you know field day goes all night long and uh, although <laughs> Ted's not going to be able to go all night long this <laughs> I started this this afternoon and eleven hours of straight talking. Um, man, I should have been a preacher. You know? We're,
2: we're was... negotiating for extra time to go until daylight, Ted. Really? Now, is this
0: something you're going to do? Uh... <laughs> oh, we got Matt and David. And... Okay, now we have Alex on the phone. Hello, Alex. Hey. And uh, where are you calling from, sir? Uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia. You're in Stone Mountain, Georgia. There you go. And what's the name of your organization?
6: Uh, the Alpha Memorial Radio Club.
0: Alpha Memorial Radio Club. Well tell us all about your organization, how your field day is going and how you're set up.
6: Uh it's been going great. Uh I think I'm probably the youngest one here, fifteen. I think most people have left by now, but me and Southern girl, she's seventeen, basically just been holding down the night shift here for about the last two years that we do this and just having a great
0: time out here we operating for alpha so you're 15 and and what class license do you hold uh general you got a general class license very good yeah. very cool so um so now let me ask you this question are you, are you all still operating at this point i mean you're keeping some station going at this at this time
6: yes we actually have to, you know, let's see we have two cW stations and one photo station going right now
0: Two two CWs and and one phone. Yes.
2: Okay. What band are you on are you on, on phone? On what? What's your what uh, band are you working phone?
6: Uh, here. Just let me look at this. I think we're on forty. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're on forty and eighty. Uh, it looks like another phone station just came on.
0: Hmm. So you got two phone stations going? Yeah. Oh, very, very good. Well, tell us a little bit about your organization there. How many people are involved in uh, in the Alpha Memorial Radio Club?
6: Uh, the club is probably, you know, it's pretty small, probably about 100. Look around here, and it's almost midnight here in Georgia, and we probably have about 30 people in total out here. It's about to have some the famous midnight grits that make every year
0: the famous midnight what now grits. grits Oh, grits they make oh yeah so you're having a you 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 get you get the
2: grits at night then huh yep he, he's talking real grits ted he eats them with salt and pepper they don't they don't put any sugar in their grits mm mm-hmm. no
3: spoil <laughs> <laughs> them
2: well <laughs>
0: um so at, at midnight you get you get the grits. Um, yep. Tell me some things about your club. What do you guys do during the year? Different activities and stuff. What what holds your interest there?
6: Uh, the club is affiliated with the local Aries. Uh, most of the people who belong to the club are also in the Aries, but, but in Atlanta, probably. 75% of the hams belong to other clubs. So basically, this is one of the smaller clubs that we have monthly meetings, like most clubs, and we also have get-togethers weekly where you can go just eat lunch with some other hams. I usually don't go to those because I have school, but into one.
0: Well, now, you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, I'm going to get into a real touchy area here, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're 15 years uh, old. You're 15 years old. And yep. uh, I'm just going to ask you what does the adult crowd, the older amateur radio cl- crowd need to do in order to attract more people into the hobby like you. That's question number 1. And the next question is is what does the older amateur radio crowd do wrong? right now, that prevents people your age from getting into the hobby? Now, those are two loaded questions. You don't have to answer those questions if you don't want to. <laughs> but well,
6: no, that. Uh, I think that what would get more people in is I think the new software-defined radios and more radios that look newer uh, are driving people in. Because they can come look at this thing that looks like a really nice radio, looks nice in the radio they have at home or in their cars, and then they can talk to people. And I think that dropping the Morse code requirement was a great thing. Because, I mean, we had, I'm trying to get a ham station from my school, and we had an older ham come in, and he tried to teach people code, and just no one was really interested in learning code. So I think... Dropping code, the code requirement really helped with uh, getting more people in. I've got a few people in my school who are interested in it, and we inherited some radios from a science museum that closed. So we'll probably be, be getting that on the air this year. Now, what um, they do wrong, I think that when they're trying to talk about him radio, they are spending too much time... Talking about how, yes, this is whole great, and go way too complex into this is how all this stuff works. I think that just when you're starting out, people might just don't want to know. Yes, this is what a tube does. They want to know basically. I can get in the air and I can talk to someone anywhere in the world. This is cool.
0: Well, when I when I was saying what what uh, what needs to be done to entice more fellows and And young gals into the into the uh, into the hobby and we were talking you know you said the code requirement well that the code requirement's already gone, okay, so that's that's I'm talking about today what what do we need to do more of now but before you you answer that, let me ask you a question: what do you think about these guys that come along and say things like well uh you know so and so is a no code general, they are a no code general okay uh or people that say things like Echo Link is not ham radio, and I wouldn't have a computer in my shack if it was the last thing I did. All right. Now, the, what What do you think about that? How does that strike you?
6: Uh Basically, I just try to avoid those people because, I mean...
3: <laughs> so, so do I. They're,
6: they're stuck back in the 60s. <laughs> and, I mean, we're here now, one of our phone stations is a software-defined radio. We're, uh, and, I mean, that's... A, where it's getting the most to use. so I right,
0: think now that that there's here. that there's software defined radio now now you talk about a computer son <laughs> are you, are you, you, have you got a computer on here at field A now is this authorized
6: I know and I mean we even have an electronic logging system
0: oh boy. <laughs> you know I, I think all this stuff is wonderful matter of fact uh, dr Barrett tell about your echo link contact with uh, and Megan just ran off matter of fact i want you to say hello to Megan when she comes back in here she's 12 years old and she just got her her technician license and she did it only after five days of study she went uh, on a ham test online and in five days she had her technician but uh, tell now that's better than me
6: it, it took me six months of on and off studying to get my technician and then a year and a half to get my general after that. It was, I mean, it, just, it was on and off studying of I could be really interested in my general, mainly because 10 meters would open up and I'd make some contact on 10 meters, like I really like this HF, and then I'd lose interest, and then finally I'm like, you know, I've been studying this for a year and a half, I know everything, I'll go take the test
0: and pass <laughs> Well, tell tell about your your echo link contact, Doctor Barrett.
2: Well, yesterday we were shaking down the shack here, getting ready for field day today, and uh, the bands were open. We we worked quite a bit, worked uh, six meter and ten meter into Europe from Tennessee. And, uh, I was telling Megan, the the twelve year old uh, young lady that tail was talking about. I said, now you know it, this doesn't work all the time. I mean, this is a. You know, it it six meter and ten meter doesn't open all the time, so it's it's uh, it, it's special. When well, we get in the vehicle, and to happen to turn on the uh, the local repeater, and a fellow from from uh, Western Malaysia had linked his node into the the node here, and he was talking to one of the local hams. And of course, uh, we talked to him too, and uh, that that was just it. Didn't matter that it was uh, uh, linked; uh, the repeaters were linked. The fact that we could be riding around in Cookville, Tennessee, and talk to a guy who was jogging and talking on HT in uh, in western Malaysia was was just exciting. And I believe he's got the point, Ted. We, you don't need to know how a car is made and, and what makes it run in order to operate it. Now, as you get into the hobby, you you don't need to know <laughs> everything that every ham knows the first time you key the microphone. You need to know enough to be courteous and, and not kill yourself or somebody else. But uh, <laughs> but basically, save the the more technical things as you you move up in license class. And uh, uh, I think he's hit a, a good point here. But uh, you know, we want to qualify everybody to be able to. Uh, to uh, you know, build a spark gap uh, transmitter here and save the world before they they ever get on the air. And uh, I think he's right. There's some young people being turned off by that, and uh, we need to come into the 21st century.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, so go ahead. That's the thing is something. Um, we just had that. Uh, uh, Someone come, he was 18, It was the field day, he left about an hour ago, but he was saying, Yeah, I went licensed. And next thing he asked was, How much does the radio cost? And when uh, people were telling him, Yeah, just telling him about how much a new radio, how much you used. But what's nice is one of the clubs here has a uh, remote base station that you can use for joining the club. Where if you're under 18, it's free for you. Because they're trying to get more hams into it. And I mean, the membership at, to the club I think is like 20 bucks a year. So if you can if you can't afford radio, or you really don't, not sure if you really like ham radio, and you really want to put that kind of money into it, you can just go use someone's remote base, operate on their radio for a little bit, and not even have to leave your house.
0: You know, I, 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 there was one thing I wanted to do here. There were actually two things I want to do. I, we, I just handed a piece of paper here. It says that uh, Richard Berter in Cincinnati is is listening, and uh, he called to say hello. Uh, he's, he is a non-ham, and he's working to get his license with his uncle. His uncle's working with him. And uh, he, he currently is listening in, in Cincinnati, Ohio. He wanted us to say hello to him. And uh, so hello, Richard.
2: <laughs> Very good Ted. We we probably got a lot of folks uh listening. I know even on the local repeater we have non hams that sit their scanners and uh, listen to the hams talk on the local repeater so uh, that signal goes out. There's no telling where it's gonna gonna end up, but we wish uh, Richard the best and hope he gets his license very quickly. Maybe we can get him on the on the show next time.
0: There you go. You know that that would be that'd be a good thing. And uh, and and Richard, I don't know if you're listening by means of online or if you're listening on on a, on the shortwave radio frequencies the shortwave frequencies are more fun to listen to than online though they really are more fun you know? we get the pops and the hisses and yeah. the crackles that's all and there's nothing connecting it's all it's all just you know no interfa- in, infrastructure needed but anyways uh alex i wanted you to say hello to to megan and uh, okay. May, say hello to, to alex
6: hi alex Hey, Megan.
0: And uh, she just just, uh, passed her test. She was was about to do five days of study, and she had it. She used ham test online. And, uh, Megan, tell him a little bit about the contacts that you made today uh, on field day. Um, Well, I made a bunch of contacts on the 40 meter. That's just about all I did. But I had help logging because I didn't know exactly how to do it because it's only my second time. But I made... Couple hundred
6: contacts today. Couple oh, hundred. Wow, con- couple hundred contacts. I think I made like 19 today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I had a lot of time to do it, though.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I probably sat down for maybe an hour because, I mean, the daylight hours, you just don't want to be anywhere outside because it was up high 90s today with humidity. I mean, someone said they looked on weather.com and it was like,
2: they said, they said it felt like 110 outside. Okay. Now, so tell, let me we ask him. To inside, for for folks who who don't know where Stone, they understand Stone Mountain, Georgia, but uh, and they understand Atlanta. Uh, Alex, tell us basically where Stone Mountain, Georgia, is in relation to uh, the Greater Atlanta area.
6: Uh, it's about 20 miles south of Atlanta. And, actually, I was on another field day, which was at Georgia Tech, which is right downtown, yeah. earlier today. But, yeah, I have to spread out who I come to. <laughs> so not make anyone mad about, oh, you didn't come to my field day. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> it, 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 just field day is time where I get to see everybody that I only see at field day.
0: Now, you say there's another gal with you there. That uh, what, what is her call sign?
6: Oh, let's see. It's K I four S E D, I think.
0: S S Victor uh, David.
6: Uh, one second, let me look at it.
0: I'm, well, I'm just curious. I, I was just no, Is she on the air currently operating or?
6: No, she is. I think taking a break. Uh, usually, the two of us are the ones that do the. About one to six shift,
0: and we switch <laughs> off logging and talking. Oh, but that's you know, it's not as crowded then, it's more fun. Of course, the only problem is you tend to keep working the same stations over and over, <laughs> and you're usually so tired you don't realize it. Then you look at your <laughs> dupe sheet later on and say, Did I do that? Did I work that guy ten times? <laughs> and the other oh, well, guy that, is as yeah. tired as you are, so he doesn't realize that, that he's done the same thing, you know. Um, yeah.
6: Her call sign
0: is KI4SBY. S B is in Baker. Yes. S B Y. Okay. And and how old is she?
6: She is seventeen.
0: She's seventeen, and her name is uh, Kate.
2: What first name? K K A Y. Katie.
0: Katie. Okay. Yeah. For some reason you were you were breaking. Will you be sure and say hello to her if she was around? I okay. have you pass the phone over to her. And let her talk a little bit, but uh, if if she's taking, uh, her, if she's taking, well, you
3: see if I
1: can find her. I think she's over
0: here. I was gonna say I don't don't want to. Uh, I just I just like getting younger people on the air and talking to them because I think this is where the hobby needs to go. We need to we need to recognize our. And I, oh, I wanted you scared. to I wanted you to say hello to 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 Megan too, and, and and talk to her just a little bit. And who knows, you guys may wind up working each other before too long.
2: Next contest. Yeah, you're You want to talk to her.
0: Okay.
5: Okay, here. Hello.
0: Is this Katie? Yes. Katie, th- I, my name is Ted Randall and uh, you are on the QSO radio show. Uh we're on two international shortwave frequencies. We're on uh uh I don't know where we're on. I've been
2: 9330 on... <laughs> and uh 5110, I believe at this point. 5110 and 9330.
0: We're also streaming over the internet and uh we just wanted to say hello to you because uh we understand that you've been operating field day today that and i, I was just talking to uh, alex he was telling me a little bit about you and we've got another amateur with us here in our studio and that's megan megan is 12 she just passed her her ham ticket for the for the technician she she studied with ham test online so katie tell me a little bit about uh, your interest in ham radio what 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 is it that uh, that grabs your attention